Podcast Wednesday show with my good friend Grant Carlson of the Dryland Farmer Podcast. How you doing today, bud? Pretty good, man. How's it going in Denver? Nah, it's not too bad. You know, it's uh, those mountains here. I didn't realize that John, that Don, that John Denver's not full of shit. <laughs> Have you gotten mile high yet? <laughs> no, there's plenty of places right around here to do that. There's there's a uh, there is no lack of uh, uh, weed dispensaries within the uh, the uh, Denver airport. So so. Even in the airport? Mm-hmm. So what is right the atmosphere around. like there as far as that goes? It's just oh, all it's, over the place? Yeah, it's every I mean it's pretty it's pretty I mean there's there's dispensaries all over the place. It's not there's no lack of, of gummies or yeah. weed or whatever. I mean it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. Uh but, yeah. but anything you want, they've got it. So yeah. Do people just walk around stoned? No, no, it's not like that. I've, I've never experienced that um, when I've been here. But you do, like, you'll be walking downtown or something like that, and you'll get the, hmm, the fresh scent of marijuana. Marijuana, yeah. yeah. Which does not exist. There's no such thing as a fresh scent of weed. Uh, <laughs> brings you, every time I walk down the street, though, I'm like, ah, oh, college. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, first time I ever smelled it, I was a senior in high school at a Third Eye Blind mm-hmm. concert. That I didn't have been a good place to do that. I didn't. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, it was it was so on the nose you wouldn't believe it. But I could. I didn't had no idea what it was, and it was an Amarillo at the Civic Center, and these chicks were just sitting in a circle, just hitting this freaking, you know, cig- look like a freaking half dollar or size cigar they were token on, and I mean, just freaking hammering down on it. Got the old Philly out, huh? Man, I mean, dude, they were puff puff pass, and I mean, jeez. <laughs> I'm like, I was almost gagging. I'm like, what the hell is that? Who's burning no. kosher weed in here? You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm from the country. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that was my, my first time went to some Pantera and concerts, you know, so heavy metal concerts when I was in, uh, high wow. school and it, Pantera. it never lasted. It never lasted very long before the lights went down and all of a sudden it's just the smoky haze of, of marijuana, marijuana started drifting across the, the Kansas Coliseum there. But it was, uh, Hell, they weren't even. This wasn't even. The, they weren't even up yet. The lights were still on, and they were hitting it. Uh, well, I couldn't believe it, man. The brace holes, brace yeah, holes. Yeah, look like Jenny from Forrest yeah. Gump. <laughs> it might have been. Might have been but, with her and her hepatitis C or whatever she died from. And yeah, to Forrest Gump and her son. Yep, full blown AIDS. I think is what she has. Yeah. So. Oh man! All right, man. So you had a. So just the premise here of what we do on this, this, the Wednesday show, we have a premise, we have a sort of a premise before we get too far down that path, Brent, tell them about the dryland farmer podcast and where they can find you at. Well, the dryland farmer podcast is a little bit like this show. We talk about a whole lot of different stuff. Uh, our show is a little more solely comedy involved. We try to ridicule anything that uh, we can find on the internet or in real life. And um, at this point in uh, society, the internet and real life are starting to merge into one huge nasty creature. But um, I got a co-host, Landon Nolan. He's at No Twit Landon Forty Four on the Twitter, and I'm at 
at Trader Brent. And um, we usually drop our shows every Wednesday, so we kind of roll over on top of this one, I guess. But um, we've, uh, like I said, we're just kind of all over the place. We find subjects. This week we're covering butthole tanning. And mm-hmm. let's see. Exciting. Did you see that story? I've, I've seen stories about that, but not maybe the particular story that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So we talk about that. And then we found a couple of interesting, uh, it was kind of a crime beat uh, episode this week. There's a couple of brothers in Kansas that got busted. And um, one of them was already in jail for a stolen SUV. And so the brother drove over to the police station to bail him out in another stolen SUV. So hmm. needless to say, they got reunited. And then another story out of uh, Canada. And um, I don't want to give too much out, but there's an escalator and a arrest involved. So, um, yeah, and like I said, we're just like the Moving Iron Podcast. We're all over the Global Ag Network and everywhere you can find podcasts, Google Play, uh, Tunes, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah. good times. And, and you can find the Moving Iron Podcast on the Global Ag Network, just like Brent had talked about. And also, I guess we're on... Uh, What's it called? Eat Farm Now or whatever? Eat. Uh, see, I don't know if it's like got like exclamation points or it's in all caps or whatever, <clears throat> but it's all one word jumbled together. So yeah, I don't um, know if you have to scream it when you do it. I've never heard yeah. their jingle or anything. I haven't either. And but they're uh, they're an English they're kind an of English, podcast. Yeah. yeah, podcast deal. So um, we're on that too, I guess. So we're on the Eat Farm Now network. I we're guess. in England. Um, we're in England, man. Yeah. We're waiting for the say, convention invite. Say, yeah, wait for that convention invite, and I can work on my English accent, <laughs> crumpets, and all that fun stuff. Cockney accent, yeah. <laughs> but you find me on Twitter at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Check out Moving Iron uh, LLC dot com. Want to send me an email? Send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at Moving Iron Podcast. But so the basic premise of the whole Wednesday show here is Brent and I kind of combined forces here on this deal, and we kind of hit the news that we see in, in ag that we can sort of poke fun at and uh, just kind of add a little light to a, a, uh, a rough situation. Dark, dark world. No kidding. So Brent, you had one that you're talking about mutant pigs in China, something like that, that had, they're going to save the Chinese pork, pork production. Problem. It is. It is so awesome. This will completely help the oversupply of hogs and the weak market prices that American farmers are dealing with. So this is from Yahoo News, so you know it's true. China's mutant pigs could help save nation from a pork apocalypse. And uh, they've got this big graph and um, bar graph. They've got U.S., China on top. And the title of the chart is Types, huh, of CRISPR patents. These are patent gene innovations. Oh, CRISPR, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's not like an air fryer. No, so this CRISPR thing is uh, <coughs> for now. Remember, folks, I'm a I'm an equipment guy, not a not a, a genetic engineer. Whatever, you know, yeah, I'm just uh. So bear with me on my explanation of this, but basically, what CRISPR is, it, it'll it's a it's a gene splicing thing where they can splice genes together and they can do uh, like they can use it to. Uh, splice out like cancer genes and those kind of things that they know exist in, inside human genome and everything else. But, but they can use this CRISPR thing to splice like certain things, a certain other uh, chromosomes and everything else and make it all work like it's supposed to. So a very, 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 very elementary explanation there, but that's basically what it is. 
Let's like have a really, really sharp knife because aren't jeans like really tiny? Yeah, they're really <laughs> tiny and they have to use a microscope too. So yeah. I don't know like how big that's like a pair of scissors or whatever <laughs> that they get in there with. But but that's basically what it does. And there there've been um like the whole genetically modified thing, the CRISPR deal is his uh um really kind of folded into that. So they're to do like um gene splicing with Roundup Ready stuff and oh, okay. and uh, and uh, different stuff they're doing with uh, genetically modified and like salmon stuff like that that's out there. They all those kind of things are using that CRISPR thing to huh. make it work. Well, yeah. that's uh, so. Anyway, this chart, what it is, it's the list of it's the uh, it shows the number of patents each country has, and U.S. and China they have the most uh, each. At around 900 patents, and the next closest is South Korea, at about 125. So, uh, moving on down to the story, the story starts out. It says, like inside a fortress-like megafarm on the outskirts of Beijing, dozens of pink and black pigs forage and snooze. Unfazed by the chilly spring air, these experimentally bred hogs are fortified with a gene for regulating heat buffering them against northern China's hypothermia-inducing winters. The gene that researcher Jing Zhao Zhao inserted into the pig's DNA is among dozens of examples of genetic engineering underway in China and in rival labs across the world to create a super pig. For years, the quest was for better-tasting, stronger, and faster-growing swine. Now, in the wake of a devastating global outbreak of African swine fever, the more crucial need is to safeguard food security and keep hogs alive. So do you think like these hogs are going to get caped or like secret mm-hmm. identities or anything? Well, I think Marvel, is it Marvel or DC that does, does the X-Men, but anyhow, they're going to be, oh, I don't know. they're going to have a whole, they're going to have a whole series of X-Men now that are going to be farmers, pig farmers, and they're going to be like mutant superpowers. Oh, and these man. pigs are going to have equal powers and it's just, yeah, it's going to be a whole thing. So we tr- uh, before we started, we were trying to um, to uh, figure out how to say this word, and it was the porcocalypse. Porcalypse. This is pretty much, I would say, any kind of apocalypse in our you know in our future. I would have to say this is one of the foreshadowing issues that would say yes, the apocalypse is here when you yeah. have mutant pigs. I'm sure there's a Stephen King novel that's got to have mutant pigs somewhere. Yeah, pork that's, apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, it's a, the pork apocalypse. The thing about the whole pork thing and, and the African swine fever deal, the African swine fever has the moniker of Africa in the start, but it didn't start in Africa; it started in China. Um, so I, I don't know how how they can they can do it. The biggest issue that we have right now when it comes to food safety and everything else. And that's why so many people come to the United States to get, to get whether it's grain or, or, or protein or whatever it is, is that we have a highly regulated system that says, Hey, this is how we make sure we don't get African swine fever. And these are the protocols that we follow. These are the checks that we do through the USDA and FDA and everything else to come up with this stuff. And, and, uh, you know, when you still have mom and pop pig farmers and, and, rural china that are you know slopping three pigs in the backyard and with zero containment uh-huh. you know health issue and whatever else you're gonna have crazy stuff like this happen not to say that the u.s hasn't had its share of 
of epidemics kind of go through. Uh, PED not too long ago happened with uh, when in our pig population what was that three years ago or whatever that was that yeah kind of swept through the pig herd and but but we did a lot to maintain that and squash that and quarantine that and and even though the Chinese have talked about the stuff they're doing they they still don't have African swine fever under control in, in China it's still it's still out of control so. I guess maybe these mutant pigs they're making are going to have some kind of uh, uh, resistance to African swine fever and other other flu-like symptoms that they have floating out there that that could be detrimental to uh, the overall health of their pig population. Didn't who was it? Was it wasn't it George Orwell that wrote about this in the book we all read in high school? Animal Which farm. One? Animal farm. Yes, we're all pigs are the same, but or all pigs are equal, but some pigs are more equal than others. Yeah, yeah. this is that. This is this animal is, farm. You're gonna start walking on two legs and wearing suits and stuff and, and sleeping in did beds. You, did you ever watch the movie Animal Farm? Seems like I might have, but I forgot. Wasn't it? A, it was made a long time ago. Yeah, it was like in the '80s. But yeah, um, the pigs. You know, they started wearing like three piece suits and. Like in the book, they started meeting with the people in town. They sold off the horse to the glue farm and or the glue factory and all that <laughs> stuff, you know. So <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. But it's a. Can you imagine if they did that with cats? Cats would they would annihilate every human from one side of the ocean to the other. Yeah, cats are ruthless animals, man. They yeah, I mean they're they're just, they're just biding their time until they get big enough where they can take over. Yeah, they're gonna. They're going to, uh, and they just do it. While everyone slept, they just crawl on yeah. top of your face and suffocate you. you know? That's right. Yeah, that's how that's how that works. So the, have, this, uh, yeah, oh, I was just going to say. So this article it goes into a whole lot more detail that you know probably not very many people are going to understand or care about. But um, yeah, so as you were saying, this porcine porcine reproductive and respiratory syndrome, also known as PRRS or blue ear disease killed 400,000 pigs in China in 06 and infected millions. The virus, which leads to stillborn piglets and lung infections, infects swine by targeting a protein on the surface of white blood cells. Uh, this doctor or this uh, scientist showed in 2015 that by editing the gene that makes this protein that causes the syndrome, they were able to produce pigs resistant to the virus. Further research demonstrated that the resistance can be inherited by offspring and gene-altered cells. So how do you think the organic industry is going to go with this? Or do organic people even eat pig? Oh, yeah. There's all kinds of – when you go to like uh, – so I lived back in Wichita. They had a uh, – what's that place called? Um, what's the big – what's the famous, like the big chain uh, Whole Foods? Whole Foods. And there was all kinds of organic pork and heritage breed, this, that, and the other okay. thing. Which I don't even know what that means. Heritage breed, I don't even know I don't what either. that means. So it's probably some that's like that deals all. Like some kind of heirloom tomatoes or something like that. I mean, oh, like, uh -huh. I guess it might be something along those lines. Anyhow, um, they would have that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's there's all kinds of organic, if you will, grass fed this and that and the other. That's the other thing too that kills me about everyone talks about this grass fed beef thing. <clears throat> you raise cattle, right? Right. How much of their diet is grass? Uh, well, if you count wheat as a grass, which I mean, technically it is, but it's not what they, they think rangeland grass. Um, right. you know, they're, they're grass fed up until they get to the feed yard. I mean, exactly. That's they're only, they're only grain fed, you know, they're only grain fed 100 and 
you know, 100, maybe 70 days, 180 days. Right. I, I had an argument with the guy about that the other day. I go, you know, cow gets butchered at whatever, just 1,200 pounds or whatever it is they get butchered at. And I go, that last probably 400 pounds that they get put on in the feed yard or whatever it is they get put there is uh-huh. uh, that's where the corn comes in. It's the the entire 95% of their life is is all grass, of grass hay yeah. or something, you know, that they're getting fed. I go, yeah. so if you want to think that the cow gets born eating, eating corn, all the way through till it's till it dies there's not you couldn't afford to do that so no. there's <laughs> well they yeah. wouldn't grow either you you start you start an animal you start a calf on corn way too early yeah. they're just going to be a putt of lard they're they're, right. they're not yeah. going to be muscle there's not going to be weight right I mean, that's just that's, how it works yeah they're not cows that's not a good that's not a part of their they're just for fattening only it's not a yeah like Corn and, and cows aren't something that that actually actually mix as far as nutritional value goes. But right. they, uh, it's just for fattening them up here towards the end before they go to slaughter. And then, but yeah, yeah. it makes me laugh when I see that corn fed or, or uh, grass fed cow. Could you? Can you? They're all can grass you fed. Yeah, they're all grass fed. You could finish a cow on, out in in the range and just let yeah. them. You don't like they, whatever bubbling and taste. Right. Exactly. So you have, you got to have some some fat in there but it makes me laugh when i hear people right. say that yeah yeah they're not only on corn for 50 yeah. percent of their life yeah so uh, yeah I, I love i love the end of the story the way they uh they quoted this guy they said but by finding that one in a million pig is difficult but finding that one in a million pig is difficult because nobody tests for them she said you either find a mutant or you make one yourself <laughs> This is the heroine in every sci-fi movie there ever should have been made. You either find it or you make it yourself. That's like the evil, like corporate CEO in every sci-fi movie. You know, they're they're either going to take you over or we're going to sell them all. What's that? Uh, you ever watch that? Uh, oh, dang it! What's the name of that? There's a whole television or whole movies. Uh, franchise and they based off the video game, but they're like some like some kind of zombies. What is the name of that thing? Uh, ah, I can't remember what it is. But they the there's Walking a Dead. No, there's a corporation that that makes it that makes this virus that got out and it turned everybody into a zombie. Um, a zombie movie you said or a TV show? That's a it's a movie, but it's based off a video game. Oh. Well, there's a lot of zombies. World War Z, they did that. and Oh, uh, I Am Legend, they made the cure for cancer, and it turned everybody into zombies. Yeah, not that one. It's not that one. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But that's kind of what that is. They're going to they're gonna make... That's what I'm, That's my biggest fear with the whole genetic modifying and this, that, and the thing, is that we have, we have no idea, um, with animals anyway, you don't know... You might cure one thing and create something else in the back end. And that's, oh, that's yeah. kind of what my that's my biggest kind of worry about making all this stuff do whatever it's supposed to do is you never know what you're, uh, what you're tampering with. Well, the scariest thing in, on that front is AI. Yes, absolutely. Artificial. I've weighed, I've watched way too many Schwarzenegger movies to not start to believe that that's not going to be real. That's a great, that's a great documentary Terminator. That uh, oh really yeah. Kinda, that kind of lays that whole thing out. But you're right, man. The, uh, I sat through a presentation the other day about something, I can't remember what it was, but it's something to do with 
with surveying and, and how they used uh, IBM's Watson uh, artificial oh, yeah. intelligence to take all this information and then they spit back out and shows you how crisp and clean you can kind of start predicting what people are going to do within like a 95 percent accuracy which i don't know how how they measure that but um but you know that's the same thing that like uh like amazon does that you know that's that's their big thing they they claim that they can they know what you're going to buy before you buy it right and uh-huh. they, can, they can they can start kind of positioning different things that you're going to be interested in right when you start looking at it and kind of I mean, start looking at like the Boston Dynamics robot, you know, and those kind of things. Oh, yeah. That, that video, kind of stuff. The video, the deal that was like jumping on boxes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, God, yep. that was so freaky. Every, and it was like, everybody was saying it was fake. It was fake. It was fake. It's like, okay, let's say it was fake. Why is that so unbelievable at this point in time? Of course no. it's possible. And by the way, what in the hell hotel are you staying at? Because what the hell curtain and wallpaper is that? Are you I mean, at a Bonanza Inn or what is that? <laughs> no, I'm at the. Uh, it's pretty contemporary wallpaper, bro. It, it looks like it's idea. from a 1987 Motel Six. No, it's it's a. Now, uh, put your glasses on. I don't think you're seeing clearly. It's the it's the Gaylord Gaylord Hotel in Denver. Yeah, I bet it's gay. Well, they have a Gaylord heard, Texan heard. in Denver. Yeah, now that's about as fancy just, as it gets. It just they just built it like two years ago. Wow. Well, they must have went to a bunch of garage sales to wallpaper the place. I think so. <laughs> it does have a very. If now that you mentioned, I'm kind of looking around, and and a lot of the uh, the furniture in the room are, is very, very uh, classic. I guess the best way to oh, put it. Classic. Like, okay. Like this lamp I'm looking at right here looks like something my grandparents had when I was a kid. Do you do you get you free know? HBO? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched TV yet. So I'm sure you probably do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask about Wi-Fi. I'm just going to see if they give you HBO yet. No, they don't give you free Wi-Fi here. Uh, this is one of those. You got to pay. Places. Yeah. yeah. Whatever reason, they got a clip before the Super 8 gives you free free Wi-Fi. And then you go to a place like this, they charge you 10 bucks a day for Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's a pretty low end place if you get free Wi-Fi, which is, you would think yeah. the opposite. But yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Stuff. Uh, Crazy thing. Well, what else is on your mind, Brent? Oh, we, uh, well, as far as down here, we finished up with the harvest and everything, and now we're just uh, getting cattle out. We've got pretty much mostly all the cattle out on either on, a, on wheat grass. Uh, we've got all the calves out <laughs> on, and uh, we've still got a few more cows to get off of grass and put them on to, uh, to uh, some corn stalks. We're going to put some more out here this morning. And um, we've had pretty docile weather here the last several days. We had that wet spell last week and uh, had some snow and ice. And heck, we ended up getting probably three or four tenths of moisture. And fortunately, before we got that, we our ne- the nephew, he got a lot of rye planted behind our cotton stalks. So um, it's nice that we have a go-getter that'll go do that. So we got a few circles of, co- of rye planted. So it'll be nice when it comes up in two but uh, it would just kind of for a cover crop. But uh, we're kind of yeah. starting to lay low here, get all the end-of-the-year stuff fixed up, see if we're going to make any money and um, uh, get ready for next year. So, uh, yeah. we had a, you know, we had a positive year. Certainly wasn't a record breaker, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to go another year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we had that same we had that same weather pattern come through our area, but we had, we had a little more than – we probably got – we probably got – a half inch of moisture but it came as a foot of snow and oh, okay and uh we had 
50 mile an hour winds and blizzard like conditions. Oh, wow. This, Good times. Yeah, we had high winds for two different days, but it was all dry. It was on the dry days, so we had fifty to sixty mile an hour gusts. Fortunately, it was it was not a wet wind. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had plenty of plenty of stuff going there. We basically got snowed in our house for about three days. So we oh wow, I couldn't even. <clears throat> we were going to go back to Wichita for uh, Thanksgiving, and got the roads all shut down by the time we left. And by the time uh, Friday rolled around, and I follow the the local weather the local radio station on my, on the Twitter feed I've got. When, when you get the, uh, the Twitter, uh, notice that from, from the KNEB comes across there and it says all highways and roads in, uh, the Nebraska panhandle have been closed. Yeah. So, kinda, uh, somebody kind of gives a map you that. of that. I guess maybe you did. Yeah. And then <laughs> One of those like, things I was like, we're stuck. And then it was like all of like the Western half of the Dakotas. It was all yeah, shut down. We were trying to figure out how we we're going to get home, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at the map. You know, I'm looking at all the road, different Colorado and Nebraska and, and Kansas, trying to figure out how we're going to go around, get around the storm, and all the roads in eastern Colorado were pretty well shut down. All southern and the Panhandle and Nebraska were all shut down. Getting into Kansas, so it, was, it just wasn't going to happen. So I guess I could have went all the way to Utah and down around. Oh yeah, back way, that's but. a direct route. I didn't figure that was that was a very good use of my time. So, so Denver's probably the closest airport to you then. Yeah, there's a little airport in Scottsbluff, but yeah, it's oh, the okay. biggest airport close. Oh, to you so. can get out of Nebraska in Scottsbluff then. Yeah, there's a they have a commuter flight that goes from Scottsbluff to the Denver airport. Uh huh. That how long a flight is that? Like thirty minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we yeah, go to, not too far. We fly to Amarillo. Of course, it's a uh, they go to Dallas or. They got a non. Yeah. It's funny they have a non. They've had a nonstop flight to Vegas out of Amarillo for years now. It's pretty wild. But used to it was only used to yeah. you could fly. It was just Southwest. Now you we've got Southwest American and uh, maybe United. Of course United you can go directly to Houston now. Um, I'll never forget one time I was flying United and I forgot where was I coming from. But whatever the case was, I was uh, the the planes were extremely late. And uh, so I got into Houston, and um, so we got on the plane to Houston. It, it's one of those kind of regional jets, you know, one of those right. 80, 80 seaters or something. It's like, yep. well, guys, we're a little behind, so we're going to kick it in gear a little bit. And we got usually, if you flash, of course, you never get to fly straight to Houston. Most of the time, you have to go to Dallas first. But uh, we got from Houston to Amarillo in like an hour and 20 minutes. And normally, it takes at least two hours. Right. They yeah. laid the hammer down. And yeah. I'm like, they can, they do can make up time when they want to. Yeah. 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 That, then, that, uh, that flight out of Scott's Bluff, it's, it's, it's kind of a funny flight, depending on when you're, when you're connecting flight, Denver is. So Denver's about a three hour drive from, from, uh, Scott's Bluff and, or the airport anyway. And it'll be, uh, so it's always a toss up. You know, it, it's three hour drive, then you got to get through security and everything else. So you're going to spend four or five hours getting to your flight, right? And, so you can fly out Scott's Bluff and, and take 30 minutes to get there. And you might wait in the airport three and a half hours before your next, your, oh, before uh-huh. your connecting flight comes. So it's always a toss up as to drive to what's the better, what's the better way to do it. So, yeah, I see. <clears throat> uh, good times. That's kind of like going to Dallas from here because, uh, takes us about the airport in Amarillo is about, it's on the opposite side of Amarillo from us. So it takes about, Oh, 50 minutes to get from here to the airport in Amarillo. And then you got to wait, you know, 
an hour, 45 minutes, however early you get there. And then you fly, it takes not quite an hour to get to Dallas. So we're already, you're at one, two, three, you know, almost four hours and it takes about six hours to drive to Dallas. So yeah. really anymore used to, I'd always want to fly, but anymore, I mean, it's, you have your own car, you can just drive to Dallas and get there in about six. So yep. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I feel like we've solved most of the world's problems here today. So, oh yeah. Any any, any last things you want to throw out there before you shut her down? Well, if if the pork ellipse, pork apocalypse happens this week, it was good knowing you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you too, Brent. Man, it's been great. It's been great working with you over here the last couple of years here. So, although I did get bit by a show pig back when I was in uh, junior high, so. uh I might, they might allow me in their clan or whatever, their cult or their herd or whatever they call it. Was it a radioactive pig? It was not. It was not. Although I did scratch my left side for about two weeks for no reason at all. Yeah. You won't be making like a, what was that Charlotte's web deal where you put a little web up in the corner? Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to reread that one. It's been a while. Great thing. Charlotte's <laughs> web. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I did feel like herding herding sheep with an old man for about two weeks too. So there you go. There you go. You and Aaron Fennel should hang out then. That's that right. You uh-huh. Fit together. So all right. Exciting times. All right, man. Well, t- tell everybody where they can find you one more time. Uh, you can find us on. Uh, we are going to drop the show, the Dryland Farmer Podcast, at Trader Brent Landon. My co-host will retweet it at No Twit Landon Forty Four, and we're all over, all over Facebook, and like we said, all over the podcast media platforms, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and of course, the Global Ag Network. Right on. Same with me. Find me on the Global Ag Network. Hit me up at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on Moving Iron LLC. Send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com or check out the Moving Iron LLC website at movingironllc.com. So with that being said, uh, I am Casey Seymour with Brent Carlson. Let's go move some iron. Out. In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving